Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Don Tooley, and welcome to episode 19 of Going on the Show with Tools from uh, October 2020. Uh, I'm a day late. I'm actually recording this on uh, Sunday evening, the 1st um, of November, but uh, we'll get it out there and um, keep the podcast going. And as always, thank you for listening and uh, thank you for your support and feedback and all that. And still loving doing this. So um, thanks to everybody for that. Uh, so what's been going on in, in Charlotte? Uh, n- nothing great. Our COVID numbers are going the wrong way, uh, which isn't good and doesn't make me feel hopeful about uh, getting indoor shows over the winter. But uh, we'll see how things go there. Um, there was a couple shows in the area uh, last week, but I was out of town. and wasn't able to catch them. But uh, Marcus King Band played up in Winston-Salem at the fairgrounds up there. And uh, Jason Isbell did a show out towards Asheville that I would have loved. I would have loved to see either of those shows, but uh, unfortunately, I was out of town, so I didn't get to see anything last month. But uh, Shovels and Rope is coming. Uh, favorite band of mine out of Charles Charleston. Uh, they're playing uh, Speedway in Columbia, so uh, down in South Carolina. So hoping to get a friend or two to go join me for that. It's not a drive-in show. They're doing uh, kind of pod seating. Uh, as as I've mentioned on here before, so kind of socially distance way to um, to do the show, which I think looks pretty cool. Um, but we'll see how that goes, and hopefully I can get down there for that and let you let everybody know how that was. And uh, as I expect, another awesome shovels and rope show. Uh, as far as Charlotte, um, the Fillmore in town uh, booked a couple shows. They booked a comedy show, and they booked booked a couple tribute act shows. Um, they sort of have a plaza out in front of their club, uh, a big paved area that uh, they're going to put some tables out there and stuff like that and try to do the socially distanced show thing there. And as I've complained about, I don't think there's been enough uh, shows going on in Charlotte, you know, with the opportunities that people have. So I was glad to see uh, the Fillmore stepped up. Um, and then uh, the big, big music news of the month was that Eddie Van Halen passed away. Um, Seemed like uh, after a long, long bout with uh, cancer and, and not being in the best health for a number of years. But uh, the cool thing about it was uh, not his death, because obviously it's a huge loss and stuff. But um, just seeing the outpouring uh, from people, uh, obviously a lot of musicians, famous musicians uh, posted stuff on social media, you know, saying how much Van Halen uh, meant to them and and uh, Jack White performed on uh, Saturday Night Live and he performed with a guitar that uh, Eddie Van Halen had given him. So uh, a lot of musicians came out and said, you know, how much he meant to them and how revered he was and all that, what an innovator he was and all that. But it, the the thing that I really enjoyed was just seeing all my friends on Facebook and Instagram and stuff posting clips of him and saying when they saw him and, and how much... Uh, you know, his music meant to them and, and friends of mine that are musicians saying how much his guitar playing inspired them and how they try to learn eruption and, you know, different songs like that. And, um, it was just awesome. And it shows the power of music and, and how music brings back time and places to people and, and memories and how much it means to them. And it's just uh, fantastic to see that kind of stuff shared. Um, for me personally, Eddie Van Halen, and Van Halen for me was uh, late grade school and, and junior high. I was just nuts for Van Halen. And uh, I was too young to go to concerts, so I didn't get to see them. 
but um just love them and i just remember before any basketball games i had like in junior high and stuff i would crank up uh fair warning or van halen one or van halen two and just psych myself up to go play basketball you know my little park and rec games or travel basketball games and uh lord knows why my mother or my father let me do that crank up van halen in the house so even the neighbors could hear it but uh that happened <laughs> uh unfortunately uh van halen van halen was just so popular whenever they came around it was such a hard ticket so in high school when i did get to start going to concerts um, you know, you just couldn't get a ticket to see him. And, and then, uh, you know, Dave, uh, David Lee Roth left the band and, and I refused to acknowledge any version of Van Halen after David Lee Roth left the band. So, uh, I didn't get to go see any of those versions and they did, um, a reunion a few years ago, they did a reunion tour and they actually pulled it off, uh, with David Lee Roth, but I didn't, um, go to see it. I, I didn't want to see them in the shape they're in now. I wanted to see him back in the seventies and eighties when they were in their prime, but, um, certainly a loss to the music world. And a lot of people consider him the greatest, uh, guitarist that, that ever lived. Um, I'll stick with Jimi Hendrix, but, um, you know, that's, it's everyone's own taste, you know, what they like, but he, he's certainly an innovator and influenced so many musicians after him. So big loss to the music world. Um, but, what I check out this month, there was a ton online that I checked out and a lot of really good stuff too. So let's uh, get into that. Uh, the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival out in California, as I mentioned before, they did a, a virtual festival and it was really, really great. Um, you know, they always have such a diverse uh, set of uh, music and musicians and artists out there in, in the online version of the festival really played that up. Um, the festival was started by Warren Hellman, just kind of this one rich guy force of nature that started this free music festival in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco and it grew and grew and he kept it free. And, and, uh, I think as I mentioned on another episode, I got to attend once my friend Tuck, John Tucker on San Francisco invited me to come out for the festival and we won a day and it was just a beautiful San Francisco day. Um, and it, it, we just wandered around the park to the different stages and, and checked out all the music and the food was great and the people were great. And, um, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. If you ever get a chance, uh, to be in San Francisco in the fall, uh, wander into Golden Gate Park and check out Hardly Strictly Bluegrass. It's a really special experience. Um, but some of the performances during it, they had, uh, Amy Lou Harris on from the Ryman. She was wonderful as always. Uh, Ashley Monroe was on. Um, uh, she did a wonderful song, uh, Robert Earl Keane was on. He did a song feeling good again. Uh, love Robert Earl Keane, uh, artist. I didn't know Amethyst Kaya. She did a song, uh, feeling black myself. That was, was awesome. That was really good. They did a John Prine tribute, uh, virtually where all these artists were saying his songs and they kind of meld them together in the video and stuff. And that was really cool. Um, son, uh, Sons of the Soul Revivers, they performed, they were great. And then this one's funny, uh, Los Coast, uh, did, uh, Change is Gonna Come, the old, um, uh, soul song, uh, which is one of my all time favorites. And, um, I was all excited. I was like, wow, they're really cool. I'll have to check them out. And it turns out, even though they sang it all and everything, they're a rap act and some of their stuff I liked, I listened to a bunch of their stuff cause I was all excited to check out a new act. 
and uh, a bunch of the stuff I did not like at all. So it was funny that uh, I got all pumped up for them and then wasn't into it. But um, and then the other the one complaint I'd have about the hardly strictly vir virtual was they had this artist, uh, Chuck Prophet was the host and he kind of introduced the different clips and they had him wander around Golden Gate Park and did a few skits and stuff. It was awful. I did not enjoy that part of it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chuck, and to the organizer, organizers are hardly strictly, but uh, that wasn't my deal on, on that part of it. And then uh, also last month, oh, I'm sorry, and also I almost forgot one of my favorite parts of Hardly Strictly Bluegrass was uh, a group, an Americana folk group, uh, uh, Birds of Chicago, who I love. They did a song called American Flowers. And them I checked out a bunch, and I've been listening to them all month. I love them. Uh, I'm sure they've been to Charlotte, and I never even knew they were here. But um, you know, once touring and things happen again, I'll, I'll definitely check out Birds of Chicago uh, when I have a chance. And if you like that genre of music, I would definitely uh, say to check them out. They were um, they were fantastic. And like I said, I've listened to a bunch of their stuff online and really enjoyed it. Uh, and then exciting uh, bit of the month, as I said before, that. Um, uh, the Grateful Dead stopped their uh, Friday night streams, and um, Trey from Fish has stepped up. He's doing uh, Beacon Jams uh, for eight weeks. It's uh, halfway through now. He's been doing it four weeks, but um, it's been awesome. It's uh, Trey from uh, the Beacon Theater in New York, you know, which is a incredibly iconic theater and a place I've been lucky enough to see a lot of shows at. Um, and he's performing there with his. Um, kind of a version of his solo band and he does some songs solo and acoustic. He kind of changes it up each week. He hasn't done any repeats yet, uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, I missed this past week's episode. Uh, I, I was out and about on Friday, but um, it's been fantastic. And just seeing a show from, from the beacon uh, to me is really cool. And it's kind of cool the way they're shooting it. Trey and the band are facing the back of the stage. So the camera has the theater in the background behind the band. So you think about it, the stage is switched the way it would be if there was a crowd there, but it's, it's cool because they're showing the, the big theater and, and the beacon, you know, is one of those traditional old theaters, you know, with a, uh, a couple, couple balconies and stuff. And it's just cool to see the, the beacon and the first Friday night it was on Trey and his band was on fire and they're playing all sorts of great songs and just seeing a show from the beacon brought back, ton of memories for me of shows I'd seen there and people I'd gone to those shows at Beacon with and, uh, you know, some, some of my nephews and some really good friends and stuff and, um, just awesome nights in New York city. Um, you know, going to that theater and doing, you know, going to dinner before the show or drinks before the show and having drinks after the show and walking around the streets. And it just made me really miss New York and, and made me miss the beacon, but also kind of gave me a nice warm, a warm feeling too, it kind of brought back all that great memories and all that great stuff in my head. So, um, I certainly appreciate Trey doing that. And, and, uh, cool thing is too, he's, um, it's, uh, the fundraising behind it's going to uh, the divided sky fund and he's looking to open a treatment facility, uh, for drug users up in Burlington, Vermont, which is one of my favorite places on the planet. So, um, I haven't made a donation yet, but I'll be making a donation to that because, Trey's picking up my Friday nights and, uh, that's a, a very important cause and, and great thing that he's doing. So, uh, rock on Trey with the beacon jams. Uh, and then, 
ACL Fest, Austin City Limits Fest uh, 2020, they went online as well. And um, that I believe that went on over a couple nights um, over the weekend. And it was some live stuff and then but it was mostly footage from past festivals. And it was it was great. I checked out a bunch, but I was uh, fortunate to go with my buddy Brady to the ACL Fest one year. And we had a fabulous, fabulous time and uh, would love to go back to it sometime. But this year's virtual fest, I checked out uh, Nathaniel Ratliff. His show was great. Uh, they showed an old Willie Nelson set. That was great. Uh, the band that we're going to close out with the song this month was a local Austin band I hadn't heard of before. Otis the, Otis the Destroyer, kind of a uh, garage rock band. I, I kind of threw them in. Um, and them I've checked out a bunch of, and, and they were really great. And uh, Black Pumas from uh, Austin uh, was on as well. And uh, they were great. I always enjoy Black Pumas. But, um, and then after that, uh, Molly Tuttle, uh, fantastic guitarist and, and bluegrass and folk Americana uh, player that I've been checking out a lot during um, COVID. She's been very active. She did a set from uh, the East Room in Nashville to kind of save, save the independent stages up in Nashville, which there's just so many of. And uh, she did a great set. She, and a couple of songs that she did that you can check out are um, uh, Light Came In, Power Went Out, uh, a song called A Little Lost, which was a great song. It was a cover song that she did. But it was all about um, having a crush and thinking about wanting to kiss someone so much that that's all in your head. And and um, I can certainly relate to that. I'm definitely uh, one that gets uh, crushes. So I just love that song and um, love Molly's take on it. Um, she did a cover of a, a Stone song, not one of their huge hits, but a song by the Stones I love. Uh, she did a cover of She's a Rainbow. That's uh, fantastic. One of my favorite Stone songs. Uh, and then as the show went on, she brought on uh, Sierra Hull, the fabulous uh, mandolin player as a guest. And she brought on Sarah Jarose as well. And um, the three of them did a Dylan tune, which I was unfamiliar with. Um, not that I'm the biggest Dylan fan in the world, but I'm certainly a Dylan fan. And I've seen him a few times, but, uh, they did an awesome cover of a Dylan song, uh, ring them bells, which was uh, fantastic. And then another festival, which isn't a real festival. It was created for this year and for COVID it was called SOS fest. And it was by put on by national independent, uh, uh, venues association. And they're the organization that's trying to rally together all these independent music venues, like the neighborhood theater here in town, the visual light here in town, um, the evening muse and up in Boston, the uh, paradise and uh, great Scott and places like that up in Boston and in Northampton, uh, the iron horse group, you know, the iron horse and Kellen theater and all that. So they're the ones behind that, um, bill they have in Congress to try to save these stages and uh, which still hasn't gone anywhere. Congress hasn't acted on it, even though it has bipartisan support, uh, which made me hopeful for it, but it um, has, <laughs> hasn't helped the cause. But um, it, it was a great little uh, online festival they did, and they did it as a fundraiser to save the, save the independent stages around the country. And um, it was just great. And, and part of it was not only was the artists performing and they had each of the artists performing from independent venues around the country, but also the artists would take time to talk about how their career started in these stages and how um, 
it was some of the first shows they went to as kids and, you know, who they saw and where they saw them and, you know, how it inspired them to, to perform and stuff. And it was, um, it was excellent. Uh, but Brittany Howard, uh, performed from the Ryman, Ryman auditorium in, um, Nashville, uh, Leon Bridges performed who, who I'm kind of, uh, on and off with, but his performance for this was excellent. Uh, Foo Fighters performed and that was really cool because, um, after each song, Dave Grohl kind of went around to the band and asked them, you know, like, what was the, what was the first show you saw at an independent venue or what was the first show you played at an independent venue? And, you know, what are your memories of it and stuff? And it was really cool because, um, Pat Smear had, uh, been in a fight with somebody <coughs> after, after a Nirvana show at an independent venue. So they talked about that. And one of the guys in Foo Fighter, his first, um, his first um, time playing with Foo Fighters was at an independent venue. I believe it was at the Troubadour in uh, Hollywood. Uh, and they talked about that. But, um, you know, Dave Grohl was just very passionate about sa saving these venues and stages. And, and it was great how all these um, artists came together. Uh, but also uh, Little Big Town performed, um, who, whose country act that I love. Um, Dave Matthews performed, uh, Black Pumas again performed, uh, the Revivalists performed, um, Lumineers performed. And then the last one I wanted to note was, uh, Slash spoke and he spoke about how Guns N' Roses started, where they played, who they played with, you know, and how they built a following, you know, in Hollywood and built up, then they got signed to a record deal. And then, you know, the band just exploded and they became huge and, but he talked about like seeing Linda Ronstadt, you know, play a small club in, in LA when he was a kid and how it inspired him so much. And you think of Slash, you know, ripping away with Guns N' Roses. And here he was talking, you know, like a starstruck kid about seeing Linda Ronstadt when he was a kid. It was awesome. And uh, I've always been a Guns fan, but to see Slash talk about, you know, how much it meant to him as a kid to see these see these bands play and, and, and inspired him to become a musician and how thrilling it was for him to play these same clubs that he went to as a kid, you know, and then have the success that he did afterwards. But, um, he had a really good line, uh, during his interview and he said, you know, it's great. You can play in your garage for as long as you want. You can rehearse as long as you want, but at some point you got to get out in front of, in front of people and perform. And I just, I just having not been a musician myself, I was like, I was like, that's, that's pretty awesome. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then, uh, another show I checked out, uh, Camping World, the, uh, chain of, um, RV, uh, distributors and, and of camping supplies, they're, uh, sponsoring an online concert series and, uh, Zach Brown played on it and, uh, it was cool. They did just over an hour. It was mostly just hits, uh, that they performed and as usual from Zach Brown, some covers, but I love that band. Uh, it was cool the way they did it. They just, um, it looked like they were in somebody's backyard. I don't know if they were or not, but, uh, they just played around a fire and, uh, played acoustic and, and they were great. And it looked like they were having a lot of fun and talked about how they were missing the road and missing their fans and stuff. And it was, it wasn't, uh, toes, but it was one of their big hits that after they played at, um, Zach Brown was like, I forgot the lyrics there <laughs> for a little bit, which I didn't notice during the performance, but, uh, he said he did. Uh, and then another, uh, great online, uh, thing that, that happened was, uh, Tom Petty, uh, would have been 70, 70 years old this year. And they did an online, uh, tribute to him and 
it was an awesome night. It was well over two hours and uh, it was different artists being interviewed, you know, talking about how Tom Petty influenced him and, and how influential he was to them and, you know, what a great artist he was and songwriter and musician and how generous he was to other musicians and stuff. And, and tons of artists performed, you know, covers of um, Tom Petty songs that they loved. And um, they also had archive footage of uh, performance performances by Tom Petty. It was just, it was a really, really great night. And um, I was a big Tom Petty fan. I got to see him a couple times and um, he was always awesome. And I was always just shocked, you know, even though I knew his catalog and everything, how he could play like a two and a half hour show and it would be pretty much hits. You know, he just had so many big hits, you know, over such a long period of time. And um, it was funny because I was texting my oldest nephew, John, I had taken him and his brother Joe to see him in Hartford and uh, Steve Winwood opened. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when I go to shows, I would plan like, all right, we're going to get here then. And this was an outdoor show at what used to be the Meadows in Hartford. I'm like, all right, we're going to tailgate and, you know, get there in time for the tailgate and then we'll cook and, and have our drinks and then we'll go in and all that. So I, I, sometimes I can be, um, a little rigid on, on times and stuff. And I was bound to determine that my nephews were going to see Steve Winwood as well as, uh, Tom Petty, cause I just love Steve Winwood. So uh, they they were good. They got there on time, and uh, we got to go in and and see uh, Steve Winwood play his hits and play some traffic songs, and uh, they really enjoyed it. And I was just thrilled to share it with them. And uh, if I remember right, it was a really really nice night, nice summer night in Hartford, and we were up on the lawn and uh, just had a great time. And they loved Tom Petty too. So uh, another instance of uh, music bringing back memories of uh, good times with. Um, special people. So, so that was neat. The Tom Petty 70th birthday celebration. And then, uh, lastly, uh, for Halloween, I'm not, um, the biggest Halloween celebrator in the year, but one of my favorite bands, uh, fish is, and what fish did for years, uh, was they would, uh, on a Halloween concert, Halloween for a Halloween concert, they would take what they would call a Halloween costume and perform an entire album, uh, by another band. And it always got to be this big intrigue thing with who they were going to, what band they were going to play that year and stuff like that. And all these rumors would start around the fish community and stuff. And, and then they took a break for a number of years doing it. And then, uh, kind of took it some different places and didn't always just play an album. And one year they created an entire new band and, uh, created a whole album of material and, uh, played that. And that was, that's where the story is going is that uh, fish for Halloween, even though they've suspended um, the weekly dinner in a movie series that they were doing, they're still doing shows about once a month. And uh, so for October, they did, they broadcast on Halloween uh, last night and it was three of the um, Halloween sets that they did. And it was, um, and I would agree with Trey because they talked to the band before and they, they each were interviewed about it and, you know, how much the Halloween sets meant to them. And Trey was adamant that the Talking Heads Remain in Light was their best performance, you know, for a Halloween costume. And uh, after watching the set, I'm like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was just really, really fun to watch. And uh, I enjoyed all three sets and uh, stayed up late to watch it. And, uh, you know, obviously COVID had a big effect on uh, Halloween and not as many gatherings and trick or treating and stuff. And 
some cities in town banned um, trick or treating. So to get some uh, Halloween normalcy involved uh, last night was great, and uh, it was a fun Saturday night for me to um, to spend it with fish. Um, so that's everything I checked out last month. There was quite a bit. Uh, there's quite a bit I missed too. Uh, there was some nights where uh, there was collisions of uh, different performances online that I didn't get to check out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Pearl Jam made available uh, a set from Philadelphia that they did where they covered 10 uh, from beginning to end their their uh, famous debut album. And uh, they had it available for purchase last, last uh, weekend, but I wasn't able to um, uh, get to that. But I, I would have loved to uh, check that out. I love Pearl Jam. Um, so that's it for this month. Unfortunately, I didn't get to, to see any shows, but like I said, hopefully, um, this coming month we'll see something. And I especially have that, uh, shovels and rope show circled down in Columbia. So hopefully I get to tell you guys about that and, and what a show, uh, with pod seatings like, um, but thank you again for listening and, and thanks for the feedback. Uh, certainly enjoying doing it. As you can tell, uh, music still providing a lot of entertainment during COVID, even though it's not always, um, you know, in, in packed arenas or clubs and, and singing along and sweating and all the good stuff that comes, come along with concerts. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll do it again next month and we'll have a good time. And, and before, uh, I leave, I wanted to give a plug for something I've been doing. This is, uh, the 10th year I've been taking part in November, uh, which is all about raising awareness and funds for men's health issues. Um, the idea is you shave, completely i have a beard regularly so you shave your for me it's shave beard clean on november 1st and spend the month growing a mustache and um the idea behind uh besides embarrassing yourself or growing a kind of a skeevy mustache which i do is um growing the mustache it creates conversations you know with people and and uh men are not good at taking care of their health and men die far too young and they die much younger than women do so um, this organization started in Australia, and it's all about raising awareness around mental health issues, uh, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, um, addiction issues, you know, all, all things that men suffer from. And I'm sure you've all lost uh, men in your life far too young. I know it's far too prevalent uh, in my family and uh, not among my circle of close friends, but people I went to high school with and, and just people I know, things like that. Uh, it's just always sad to see somebody die, die too young. Um, and a lot of times among things that could have been prevented or, or things that could have been treated or, or uh, addressed, you know, things like that. So uh, if you get a chance this month, uh, check, check, check me out on Instagram or Facebook. I'll have information on there about November and throughout the month. I post health information and health facts. Um, but really just the idea of it is to Talk to the people in your life, the men in your life, your fathers, your grandfathers, your uncles, your brothers, your cousins, you know, your friends, your spouses, and um, talk to them about their health and, and what they're doing and uh, what they should be doing, you know, to take take good care of themselves, especially during COVID times, uh, which are so challenging for everyone. And uh, also as part of November, uh, for the ladies who are not interested or cannot grow mustaches, uh, there's also a 60 mile movement challenge over the course of the month. So uh, you can go onto the website. I have a team set up called Thule's Mustaches, 
and um, you can log 60 miles of activity uh, during the month of uh, November to better your health and, and once again to raise awareness around, uh, around men's health issues, which are so, so important. So uh, thanks for everybody for listening to that plug, but I think it's important and uh, important we all take care of each other and, and we all look out for each other. So uh, enjoy some music this month, however you're doing it. And uh, thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you next month. The uh, song this month is going to be from, the exit song is going to be from Otis the Destroyer, which is just an excellent band name out of Austin, and their song Red Witch. Thanks, everybody.